Hey Brie, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. It's awesome to have you here in the studio and recording live. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, so you've been on the podcast before. Before you had um, little Toshi, mm-hmm. but um, you're going to tell us about your birth story. So um, before we get into it, can you explain a little bit about yourself? So who's in your family, what you do for work and where you live? Yes, so it's just me and my fiancé Trent and our little baby Tosh, or Toshi is what I call him. Um, I am currently a full-time mum, but we own a a training facility called Body Dynamics Training as well as Allied Health. Um, My fiancé is an exercise physiologist, so we've got a team um, of practitioners that we work for, so I work usually in there, Um, but at the moment I am a full-time mama. Nice. And we live here on the Gold Coast. I'm from New Zealand originally though. Awesome. And was little Toshi a planned pregnancy? I think I said this in the other podcast. He was, but I didn't expect to get pregnant straight away. So it was um, like a shock, but not a shock. So kind of planned, kind of not. Mm -hmm. But it happened straight away, so I'm really lucky. Amazing. Do you reckon it's because you were quite healthy? Yes, so I reckon um, because I did all that prep work in regards to getting my implants out and I eat very healthy... Um, and I moved my body and I just feel like I was ready. My body was obviously ready to receive a baby, I reckon. Mm. Um, and Trent's obviously very healthy too. Um, and I was very mindful about before I found pregnant, making sure that I was taking the right supplements for my body um, and, and eating you know, organic as, as much as I could and making sure I was drinking clean water and just all those sorts of things that I normally do my day-to-day practice but making sure um, that after my explant um, that I was detoxing properly as well and supporting my body through all of that mm-hmm. in order to then hopefully fall pregnant yeah. Um, but yeah like I said I, it happened the first time so we were really lucky that's amazing mm. so good yeah and so who did you end up going with uh, as your care provider so we ended up getting into the um gold coast midwifery program uh, i actually got in within one day which apparently is unheard of mm-hmm. um, but we also um went and interviewed a private midwife and um i went down that road but because i got into the midwifery program it's a free program mm-hmm. um so we decided to go with that midwife and i wanted a midwife because in new zealand the care over there is you get a midwife your whole entire pregnancy. So I wanted to have the one midwife my whole pregnancy. Yeah. Um, but I also hired a doula. So I hired um, Megan Amore. She was my doula. Um, so I decided to go with the free midwifery program because I got into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had Megan as my second support yeah. um, person through that as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And was it always your intention to have a hospital birth? No, uh, uh, it was half and half. I was always going to birth like at a hospital, mm. but I had manifested to either birth at home randomly if it had yeah. happened yeah. or on the side of the road or in the car. Like I said, if that happens, that would be amazing because obviously yeah. I didn't really want any medical intervention um, and it would have been amazing if I could have had that, but it didn't go that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get into a little bit later yeah. on. Yeah, cool. And so did you find out the gender? No. So our um, the whole time we didn't know what we were having. And 
it was kind of hard, but in the end, I just, it was so important to me and Trent to not find out because old school. Yeah. Like, it's just the one element of, in life you have no control of, you don't know what you're going to get. And um, it was really exciting. It was exciting for everyone around us as well. You know, everyone anticipation of um, what did we have or what were we going to have um, was really cool. And it's one thing I love about other people's births when they don't find out. I'm like desperately waiting to know what they've called them, what they've yeah. had, what they've had. Um, so I love that like element of surprise. Um, so that was yeah. So we, we didn't find out what we were having. Yeah. And what about the name? Did you have names picked out for each gender? So we had a big list, and we had we had we're pretty set on our girls' name. Um, but boys' names we weren't. And Trent had one, and I had one, and it took us. Three weeks to name him because oh, we wow, would really? I know, so long so we couldn't give in like I wasn't going to give in wow. Trent wasn't going to give in <laughs> and then everyone we had everyone like hurry up and name your baby and um, in the end I thought um, I'll give it because it's our, obviously we have a son mm-hmm. and Trent is obviously pretty special for a, a, a dad to have a son I think yeah. and he was like just so happy and besotted so I thought I'll give him he can name the first baby, mm-hmm. um, but the middle name is my dad's. My dad passed away when I was oh, maybe twenty years ago, so we used his name as the middle name. So I thought we'll give him the first name choice. So that's kind of how it worked out. So is it Toshi? So Tosh Glenn Thurtell. Ah, but yeah. beautiful. And that's where cool. did you get Tosh from? So that's Trent with Trent's name. So I don't actually know, but I he can correct me if I say this wrong. Yeah. Idea. yeah. I think it was a famous skateboarder years and years ago, Tosh Towling or someone. I, I think that's where he got it from. Yeah. Um, and he just loved it. He loves like TT, so Tosh Thurtell. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes that kind of vibe. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's where he got it from. And it so suits him quite well. It does suit him. Kind of glad, I don't want to tell him that, but I'm kind of <laughs> glad that we went with his name choice Yeah. my name choice. So yeah, yeah no, it worked out well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, just going back a little bit, how did you find out that you were pregnant? Uh, well, we got engaged five days earlier, um, which was hectic. So, I, you know, the two biggest life events, you having a baby and getting engaged happened within a week. So I was overwhelmed, to say the least. Um, but I had um, a big seafood like uh, dinner to celebrate our engagement and wine. And I just felt really sick for like two days. And I was like, I must have just eaten like salmon and oysters and wine and it must have been really rich and I was just kind of feeling a bit off um but I was due for my period on the Monday and we got engaged on the Thursday or Friday wow. and our clockwork like it comes clockwork really yeah. okay and um I was like and Monday came around didn't come and I was like oh, oh, oh. I was like I reckon that we're pregnant so on the Tuesday when I got some tests and then um I took the test and I didn't look at it and I, I filmed the whole thing. I think yeah. you might have seen that on my Instagram. It's just really cool. I'm really glad I did that because I can look back at it now. Yeah. Um, and took the test, popped it down, and we both looked at it and yeah, positive. Amazing. So I was I probably found out when I was like two weeks pregnant. Wow. Or four weeks if you go by the yeah. you know, weird calendar. Yeah. Um, but like two weeks I found out. So really early. Mm. And it was a really strong line and then yeah, just that was that was it. Amazing. Mm. And so were you trying or we like, had tried, so we tried that month before, but I was like, well, let's just do, let's just try, you know, within, I knew my ovulation, I know my ovulation, I know the way that I feel when I ovulate. So Did, I were you taking, like, the testics? 
no I just know I, I feel see. ovulation pain and yeah. I my body signs changed wow. so like the mucus and all that like I'm yeah. pretty on par with it yeah and so I would then I think five day or seven days we tried like we tried that week a couple of times how many is it like a period that you have you get like a how five day window I think oh, so days. I think it yeah. might be well with me I feel my ovulation pain and then my body signs change so there was a five day window of I thought if it's going to happen it'll happen within this time so I think I yeah. tried like three times in that five days yeah um and I don't know exactly when it happened but it happened on one of those times so um so yeah that 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 happened and then I just wasn't expecting it to happen because I get really chronic period pain like debilitating and now I've had a baby I can relate my period pain is like about four to five centimeters of dilation yeah. contractions so it's quite hectic wow. um that's a good and, comparison. Well, now <laughs> I can compare it because now I know yeah. what the pain is like. Um, mm. And so, yeah, so it's, yeah, so I just knew that mm. um, that was, yeah, that's what came through. Amazing. Hmm. And uh, you talked about your birth prep in the last episode, for, but for those people that haven't heard about it, mm-hmm. um, can you tell us what you did to prep for your birth? So I, I got my implants taken out, um, which yep. was my first step, and I detoxed after that. So by detox, I just um, had support through my nat- from my naturopath, Tia, um, who gave me lots of compounds and um, like set structure to kind of just detox the toxins out of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what else did I do? It feels like a lifetime ago. I, I mean, I eat always really healthy anyway, but I just made sure that I was eating, you know, good organic produce on the markets. Um, I drink filtered water that I have from my Zazen just to make sure that there was no extra chemicals going into my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and just been making sure that me and Trent were on the right page before we decided to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was quite important. Um, and yeah, I think that's what I did. I can't even remember. Mum mm. brain. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my most, that was my biggest thing was getting my implants removed. Yeah. Um, not only for like my breastfeeding journey, but making sure that I had no extra toxins in my body because it's a foreign object. And mm-hmm. I can say that once I did get them removed, half of my symptoms have, well, I mean, majority of my symptoms are gone. I didn't have a lot. Um, but I also dropped like four kilos of inflammation. That's amazing. Um, my wow. ability to maintain stress and handle stress is like changed rapidly. Mm-hmm. I'm not so like um, overwhelmed. I'm not so anxious. I don't have brain fog. Mm-hmm. Just like lots of different things um, came into play once I got them removed. So that was like the biggest thing that I wanted to get done. Um, and then obviously I wanted to breastfeed without a foreign object in my boob. And I'm really glad that I did get them out because I have had mastitis once um, and being able to be able to push my milk through my ducts mm. um, I can't imagine what that would have been like with mastitis I don't know how that would have worked mm. um, or even being able to breastfeed squeezing my boob trying to get him to latch with an implant and I'm not sure how that would work so mm-hmm. um, that was just yeah really important to me on my journey to making sure that I could have the best a best chance at being able to breastfeed mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I have been able to, so Amazing. it's fantastic. And once you found out that you were pregnant, um, did you start 
preparing for the birth? Yeah. What did you do in the lead up to the birth? So I was quite nervous. There was a few things I was quite nervous about. Uh, episiotomy, mm-hmm. a vaginal birth, yeah. <laughs> full stop, um, cesarean, and those were probably like my main concerns. Like I was petrified of having an episiotomy. I don't know why, yeah. um, but I started listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would listen, I'd walk every day, so I'd always put a podcast on. Yeah. Um, I listened to your podcast. I listened to um, New Zealand Birth, Birth Tales, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Australian Birth Stories. Well, maybe I've got those mixed up, but there was an Australian one and a New Zealand one, and I listened to one every day. Um, and I listened to them to understand and get my head around birth Birth that didn't go to plan, mm. um, and I didn't have a, I didn't have a set structure because I know anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I just had certain things that I really wanted to be done, or hopefully I could have. Um, so I listened to these birth stories to get my head around episiotomy recovery, cesarean mm. recovery, um, like just little complications that may have ro- uh, like come up when you when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I listened to them, the ease, the more at ease I become so after hearing people's episiotomy recovery um that it wasn't actually that bad um c-section recovery wasn't actually that bad um and just things to prepare in case that had happened to me but also then i listened to them to make to make make me feel empowered about um the preparation so knowing that i could do it i'm not the only woman that's gone through birth like Mm -hmm. i can do this and my body is made for it so I did that to pump me up and make sure, you know make me believe that I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did that. I also did my hypnobirthing course, which I loved for five weeks with Megan. It was just amazing. I loved it more so for Trent because mm. when I tell you about my birth, it really helped Trent um, not only support me, but he was my voice in wow. some situations that I had no control of. He mm. was like, he stepped in and asked questions and... Um, ask them not to do something and just like different things like that so I found that that really was the epitome of my birth was the hypnobirthing for Trent mm-hmm. um, and what else just yeah just just made sure that I every day I read like my affirmations and um, I tried the perineal massage and I did not <laughs> I think you got a couple of messages from me. Yeah. How is this meant to be okay? Like I found it really hard. Yeah. Um, and I only got to do it for a week and then I had my baby. Um, and so I didn't feel prepared because my perineal massage didn't go to plan how I imagined it to be. Was Trent um, quite supportive in he, that role? Or yeah, he was. He oh, and it was just great. I don't want to say horrific, but it was not <laughs> what I imagined and it really set me back and so I thought if I can't handle this like I'm not going to be able to birth so before I went in to have my baby um I was quite I felt like I wasn't prepared because I had done this massage and I wasn't um I found it really tough so I was like oh god and then so then I had my baby and I was like I'm not ready I'm not ready (laughs) (laughs) but um in the end it all worked out for the best but yeah so things like that that I thought you know, I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried, um, and I pretty much feel like I did everything I could mm-hmm. to prepare, um, but my body had another way that it wanted to bring my baby into the world. So, 
And what yeah. about reading? Um, did you do any reading of books or oh, yes. mindset yeah. stuff? Yeah. Um, can you remind me that I have your books in my car? Oh, yes. Don't yeah. let me forget. <laughs> but yes, I read, um, oh, what's the chiropractor book? Oh, I love that. And it's probably the top yeah. two. Yeah. What was that? What's it called? I've got um, it in the car. Oh, something about the jump. Babies. Something babies. Yeah. Well-adjusted babies. Yes. That's um, so I love that book. I really devoured that so book. Oh, good. Um, I also had Zen Mama, which I wish I'd got at the start. Okay. Um, and I recommend any any women that are planning to get pregnant get Zen Mama okay. because it has a lot about your ovulation and mm. signs and preparation um, and things like that. So I really love that book. I would recommend anyone get that book first, um, mm. even before you're about to have a baby. So those are my two books that I read. I got a few other ones, hypnobirthing ones and things like that. I just found them way too overwhelming and intense mm-hmm. um, and I didn't find that they actually set me up I found birth stories like podcasts way better than reading books mm. because they were real life stories yeah, exactly. um, but yeah that's kind of what I found yeah amazing yeah cool and so how many weeks were you when you went into labor so I didn't actually go into labor myself but I was oh. 36 weeks and four days okay um, so I actually had a placenta abruption. Oh, um, so cool. I was forced to have my baby. Um, wow. So my first day of maternity leave, I was doing just finishing up some work and I was sterilizing all my dummies and bottles and um, on the stove and things like that. And I felt something like some extra liquid kind of coming out of my vagina. And I, mm-hmm. when you're pregnant, it, it, you do get a bit more fluid like what yeah. I found. Um, a bit more liquid so I was like oh that's just normal you know so I went to the toilet and it was like I was bleeding so I obviously rung my midwife straight away um and just freaked out as you would because Mm -hmm. it was like a period so I was like oh my goodness what is going on um and my midwife calmly said that's okay just pop a pad on and just make your way into the hospital don't rush everything will be fine so I was on the phone to Trent like answering his Where was he? he was at work okay. and so it happened about 10 30 in the, in the morning yeah um and he screened my call because he was obviously with a client and i just said emergency and he obviously just packed his stuff up and came home um but luckily i had already had my hospital bag packed oh, because wow. <laughs> and i already had my car seat and i'd only put my car seat in at 35 weeks so the week before and we'd actually been down in lennox head that weekend visiting trent's family and we got back on the sunday night and i took my bag down there just in case because you never know what's going to happen yeah. um, I was like this is ridiculous I'm so early like I don't need to do that um, but no signs nothing of anything happening and then so I already had my bag packed yep. but I didn't have my toiletries and extra things I just had the staples of what I would have taken if mm. I had to um, and actually that Monday it happened so the Monday at 12 o'clock we actually had a hospital tour because of COVID I never got to have a hospital tour of the birthing yeah. suite um, anything anything like that so mm-hmm. I already had that planned at 12 o'clock 10, 10 o'clock I, this happened and she was like well you're already meant to come yeah. come on in um, but just don't stress yeah um, so everyone's saying don't stress don't stress but obviously I'm stressing because I'm like how long have I got to my baby loses oxygen you know just all these crazy intuitively things. did you feel something was wrong in your body or no I just okay. I had no idea I had no okay. pains I had nothing like it just Placenta abruptions, now I have done more research into it. I had mm-hmm. no idea about it. 
um, they just happen. There's no nothing that you've done. It just can happen. It can happen when you're birthing. Um, it can happen before birth. It, but can you feel something nah. in you? Oh, you can't I even hear, feel. I couldn't feel anything. Oh, I just awful. had the blood. Oh, wow. Um, and I'd actually read something a week before. or seen something an influencer on um, Instagram had lost her baby at 36 weeks. Um, I don't know why, but I was just like, oh god, I'm losing my baby. Mm. Um, so we went to the hospital. Um, just no idea. I was like, oh, we'll just, you know, maybe be in there for a couple of days or whatever, whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'll be put on bed rest. No idea what was about to happen. Wow. Um, so I went to there. They they checked me in. Um, were you quite calm at the start? And Trent was okay. Yeah, we were, I was calm. I think I was I was adrenaline. Like adrenaline okay. just kicks in, and I was trying to stay calm. But when I feel like I was in, an, like I was out of my body you know when you're just so overwhelmed mm. and so adrenaline run that you're not you're present but you're not because you're just trying to keep calm mm-hmm. and you're trying to take all the information in but you're not actually present does it make sense mm-hmm. um so they did like an internal and all that stuff which i was obviously had it's just like a pap smear and things mm. like that and just very different all that sort of stuff but mm-hmm. they did all that they figured out that it was at a place placenta abruption and they gave me three options um yeah so they gave me three options of what i could do um but they recommended that i get induced that day um but were they quite worried they weren't worried yeah um they said it's just a slight abruption there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of blood but you are bleeding um so we obviously said we don't want to get induced um can we wait can we wait it out um what are the risks Mm -hmm. and the risks were um you can wait. We just don't have a lot of research on placenta abruptions. Um, if you wait, yep. um, it could come. It could come away completely. You'll be rushed in for an emergency cesarean, and it could be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, or worst case scenario, you'll have a stillborn. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as they said that, I was like, "Well, induce me." Mm-hmm. Um, so bang, it happened straight away. They put a balloon inside me, which is filled with water, which helps you dilate. Um, How did that feel? Going it was into? really uncomfortable. But yeah. they leave that in for 12 hours and they basically just want to stretch your cervix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really like chronic period pain. Wow. Um, and they just said get some rest for 12 hours. Which Were you in hospital? In hospital, yeah. yeah. I didn't leave hospital ever. So okay. it was... Um, I, I went in. Yeah. Um, and the, they said you're going to be having this baby in the next day or two. Wow. So my mind, I was like, I'm not ready. This can't be happening. I don't want to be induced. This is not part of what I had planned for. Yeah. Um, this is not my prep work. Like, this is not what I want to do. Did you ring your doula and let so, everyone know? Yeah, I let everyone know. My yeah. midwife was there as well. Um, and they were saying, you know, if you have to do it, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as they said stillborn, it's just not worth the risk. It wasn't worth the risk. Mm-hmm. And... Now that I've been through the placenta abruption, the fact that my team even let me birth naturally is insane, like beyond, because it's very dangerous. Um, So I don't know why they let me do that, but I'm very grateful. Yeah. Um, But maybe because I was a low risk um, abruption, Mm. I'm not sure, Um, but they wanted to get it started straight away. So I... um, Yep, did that for 12 hours. Um, so 1.30 p.m. they did that. And yep. then I had to wait 12 hours just in the hospital. Were you awake that whole time? Whole time, or? trying wow. to get some sleep, as they say, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which is not going to happen. Because obviously, I was, you're nervous about birth. You don't know what you're in for. 
Um, I was trying to get some sleep. I was running on adrenaline because I didn't know what was happening. Mm. I was getting induced, which was not something that I wanted to do. I really wanted to avoid getting induced. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to avoid getting induced. I really wanted to avoid antibiotics, pain relief, and a NICU baby. Um, so those are like some things that I really wanted to not have. Um, and was this I, before like going into your birth? Yeah. Like, so that my plan and it was like, I really wanted to be a water birth and I wanted, um, if I could have had it, I wanted to labor at home. Mm. I wanted to, as long as I could, I really wanted to go into labor naturally. Um, I really wanted a few things, but that didn't happen for me. Um, so after yeah so anyway I got induced um and at 1 30 a.m they broke my waters mm-hmm. um had you slept no I hadn't slept oh, wow. maybe an hour or something like that I hardly yeah. ate because I was feeling so sick mm-hmm. and um so yeah they broke my waters and they wanted to start the oxytocin straight away but mm-hmm. Trent said um asked them if we could just labor naturally for a bit longer to see if I could contract and dilate more mm-hmm. um, and I think I might I think I got to like five centimeters so wow. as an induction I was going along pretty well mm-hmm. um, and then they obviously a placenta abruption they were like we want to get this really moving mm-hmm. quite quickly because from what I've gathered inductions can take a long time yeah um, and they didn't obviously want me to be in labor for a long time so yeah, so they broke my waters, let me labor for a long, uh, a couple of hours, and then they said, no, nah, we need to start the oxytocin, and we need to okay. give you some antibiotics. We asked not for the antibiotics, but because my waters were broken and I was bleeding, mm. I had to have those. Um, so tick that off, tick the antibiotics off, <laughs> um, and tick not having a water birth, because I wasn't yeah. allowed in the water, because any induction yes. or any bleeding, um, you're not allowed in that water. Yeah. So I was connected to machines my whole entire labor. So I had them on my fingers, around my waist, um, and I wasn't able to go very far. So I wanted to kind of free labor where I mean move around the room or be able to do that. But I was stuck pretty much around the bed. Um, did you Were you able to get up at least? Like yeah, so I was up. I was on a Swiss ball. Oh, I was on okay. my knees. Wow. So I could do that. Yeah, good. Um, but... Yeah, so it ramped up about five centimeters, I think. So they induced mm. me, um, and then I had a, a, a another midwife actually start the induction mm. because my my midwife that wanted that I had wanted to be there for the end yes. to help me deliver. Um, okay. And they again don't know how long you're going to be in labor for, so yeah. they always have your midwife another midwife start your induction, oh. um, and then they'll have your other midwife at the end so oh. they can help you. Oh, is that how it worked? I think so. Well, that's how yeah. it worked for me. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that was the case. And mm-hmm. then um, I think about five centimeters dilated with the contraction. So when I when you get induced, it's a bit, it's quite full on. So your your contractions just go from zero to 100. Wow. And you have, well, for me, I had a minute on and a minute rest. And I couldn't, that was all I got. So I didn't get anything else. So I mm-hmm. saw... People previously laughing, smiling, you know, photos of people mm-hmm. having a break, you know, laughing, talking, being able to interact. I was beyond. Is like, it because they had taken, like, 
I don't know. I, I think that they got a you, they got a bit of a rest, so they made oh, okay. a three minute rest and then a minute contraction and a three minute rest. Oh, but is it um, different for every single it's person? It's different for every single person, oh, wow. I think. Yeah. So for me, I I had a minute contraction and a minute rest, mm. and that minute rest obviously flies by like that. Yeah. So I just gather my thoughts, and then again yeah. I have to go back into the contraction and just wow. get through it. At five centimeters dilated, I said, I'm going to die. Like, I need help. I, I need, I want an epidural. So yeah. I asked for that, which is, again, not what I wanted. So I asked for the pain relief, and um, she came in. She explained everything to me. She was ready to go. Because a lot of people have also told me that it can take ages to get an epidural. Um, um, but she, once you ask for it, but it was she was straight there, ready to go. Oh wow! Um, and so she explained all the risks to me and said, "You just got to sit still for twenty minutes." Okay. And she explained all these risks, and I was yeah. like, "I, I can't. Like, I cannot sit still. I'm going to be paralyzed." Mm. In my mind, I was like, "I'm going to get paralyzed from this needle because I cannot sit still." Mm-hmm. So me and Trent decided to do a test contraction, mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't sit still. So I said to my midwife at the time, the one that started me. Mm-hmm. I said to her, like, I, 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 you know, like, I don't know what to do. And she came down on her knees and said, you're transitioning really well. Wow. I really don't think you need this epidural. So and was that so, annual transition you just started? No, well, it was about five centimeters. So she said, you're just yeah. moving along really well. You're transitioning yeah. through dilation and your contractions really good. I just don't think you need this. Oh. And that's all I needed to hear. Oh, wow. And that's I amazing. said, no, nah, I, don't, I don't want the epidural. And yeah. just in my mind, I was like, I'm going to get paralyzed. Because if I'm moving around and, mm. you know, jarring around and I move with the needle in me, you know, I, you just don't know. Is it quite dangerous if you do move? Um, I think so. Like, I think yeah. they could hit a nerve or, I mean, it's a, I think it's a pretty big needle. I didn't really see. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then she said, oh, that's no worries. I'll just leave the tray over here and just in case. And my midwife said, get that tray out. We don't want to look at it. Because <laughs> obviously they don't want you to see it because yeah. you just want to move it out. So um, that was really great with my team. They that's really, um, they knew that I didn't want that. Had you met that midwife? No. To- oh, so so she, well, she was, I didn't know her. So okay. she was just one that started it off. Because is there four? There's usually two. Oh, and the... So she was at... I must have been a hospital midwife. Yeah. Um, And she started it all off um, and did that. Um, And she was great. So she... Yeah, she said that to me. Um, How empowering. Yeah. Really good. Like, I just needed... Because I was looking at... And there was a clock. So I was facing the clock. And everyone says, don't look at the clock. Mm. Well, it's really hard not to look at the clock. <laughs> because I was like, I've been yeah. labor for so long, you know, I'm not I'm not moving, I'm not dilating quick enough. And um so yeah, there was about five centimeters, and I knew five centimeters, okay, I've done really well for like being in labor for like I think I'd only been in labor for like three, four hours, so it wasn't that long. But it feels like an eternity. Um and I just yeah, I think I pretty much had my eyes closed, I think, for the whole time because I just didn't get a break. I just was mm. like just yeah moving through the motions and, and where did you feel everything in my yeah. back oh so it was worse. all in my back thank god for trent yeah. he was he he was my savior like he got me through labor if i didn't have him i don't know what i would have done because he he pushed my hips he was i swear to god he was more sore after like, after the birth <laughs> than me because he was lunging Wow. So I would like have to sit back on his knee. He would lunge and he would squeeze my hips. Like, luckily it's fit. 
squeeze yes. my hips like I've <laughs> never squeezed before wow. for every contraction. Did so it feel good? Like it, it helped. It eased yeah. the pain. At one point, he tried to rub my shoulder, and I said, "Get your hand off! Like, do not rub my shoulder. <laughs> um, you need to squeeze my hips." Yeah. And I just had to. He just had to squeeze, 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 squeeze until the contraction went. Wow. Then you'd get a minute break. Yeah. With the thumbs or the hands? The, everything. Just oh, like wow. squeezing, like hands and fingers and everything. Just to squeeze my hips, like pushing yeah. them together. Mm. Um, Did you learn that in hypnobirthing? We learned that in hypnobirthing, yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because it wasn't in my belly at all. It was all through my hips um, and my bum. Mm. Like all through my hips and my bum. And um, at this stage, I think it was about five centimeters dilated, my doula came. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, she was great. She just put oils and and, um, like came down to like talk to me and try and calm me down. And um, she also helped Trent um, guide him. Like, I think you should try this or try that. Um, Did she get hands on? Yeah, she did as well, giving giving Trent a break. Um, But because I was hooked up to the machines, I was just, you know, I wasn't be able to move around a lot. So I was more on a Swiss ball. I was kind of like hanging over the edge of the bed in like a squat position um, and things like that. Um, what else? Would I, oh, and they asked if I wanted music and I just didn't even care. I had a birth play- playlist and fairy lights and I just, I didn't even have a chance to, no. um, to, to, I couldn't even, I didn't even care. I just, cause I was just going so internal yeah, no. and closing my eyes and just getting through each contraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that stage, I think they asked me if I wanted a student doctor to come in, because um, obviously just to learn. So they okay. asked, would you be mind, would you mind if you had a student doctor in here to learn? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't care. And Trent said, um, that's okay, but if she wants her to leave, can we ask her to leave? Mm-hmm. And she was incredible. Oh my gosh, she was really? feeding me like ice chips, rubbing wow. my back. I thought they'd just stand there and just watch. No, she was incredible. Wow. So hands on, rubbing my head my back like just extra support amazing um, so it was just great like I was like just find this whatever you know yeah. like you need to help these people learn yeah so I was like that's fine you know did she know the situation you were in I don't know okay. I, I don't know yeah um so again I had I was oblivious to what a placenta abruption actually was mm-hmm. I didn't know all I knew was I'm getting induced mm-hmm. and I've got to try and birth this baby by being induced and I knew I knew I know inductions were quite hard so mm-hmm. um I just just I just yeah head down bum up just kept pushing through um and once I obviously declined the epidural um I just had to push did they through. ask you again no they didn't ask oh, me again right okay um and then it kind of like I I can't really remember but I just because I just had my eyes closed the whole time and I remember I was ended up on the bed on all fours kind of over the bed and I was just, I felt like I was transitioning really quickly from there. I felt it all in my bum and like I wanted to push, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And I was in my mind, I was like, why are they telling me to push? Like I need to push. Yeah. Um, so they gave me another internal and his heart rate kept dropping and I had all these cords around my stomach and they kept flying off and they were always trying to adjust these monitors. Obviously now I realized because I was a very high risk that they needed to make sure his heart rate wasn't dropping yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, so then they ended up putting a little Doppler thing on his head up through my vagina because mm-hmm. they couldn't get his heart rate proper because mm-hmm. um, I kept moving and, and everything like that. Um, so they did that and I ended up transitioning on the bed on my all fours. Um, but it's really funny because I imagined that I was going to be like a really aggressive birther, like swearing, saying the C word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I was like to my doula, just be prepared. Like I'm probably going to throw the C word out yeah. there a lot. Like I'm 
I'm either going to be really aggressive, I'm not going to want Trent to touch me, I'm going to want my daughter, like I'm going to want a feminine energy, and it was quite the opposite. Really? I needed Trent to touch my back the whole entire time. Wow. Um, he was just phenomenal, and I didn't swear once, I didn't scream, I cried, I, I think I cried through most of it. Um, but I just went really internal and just kind of like groaned, um, which was the complete opposite to how I thought and how everyone else thought I was going to go. Um, <laughs> so that was really surprising as well. Yeah. And then, so then it came to time to transition and, um, they were like, you're transitioning really well. You're like eight centimeters dilated. Wow. So I was moving quite quickly. Um, and I was like, right. Oh, like it's great. Like I'm moving. And what time was this? So that was probably maybe 12 o'clock. Okay. So I birthed them at one fifty nine, I think, mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Yeah. So they're only, I think my label is about seven or eight hours, oh, which wow. is amazing for an induction. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that happened, and then they checked me, and they were like, all right, you're 10 centimeters. You can start pushing. Wow. Um, so, and I could feel him, like, I could feel it coming down the canal. I can feel it's like a convulsion. I, that's how I felt it um, and I could just feel it all on my bum so I was trying to like on my all fours and then I tried to lunge off the bed to get him out um, and I tried for about 46 minutes and I just could not get him down mm-hmm. um, I don't know at this point they weren't worried but they were like we need to kind of move you to get you in a different position to try um, and I just imagined that I was going to be standing up mm. or kind of like how you birth. I just imagined that that was going to kind of happen for me and it yeah. didn't whether or not cause he was a small baby cause he was preemie. Mm. Um, I know they sometimes say full term bigger babies can come down a bit quicker and can make it easier to birth. Not sure. Um, or maybe I just wasn't a very good pusher. I'm not really too sure either. So they said, um, my midwife said, all right, her exact words we're going to do some old midwifery shit here i need you on your back mm. on the bed and i was like this is not what i wanted i don't want to be on my back birthing bright lights like i just didn't <laughs> want any of this yeah um but again i just had to do i had to trust them mm-hmm. um so they had me on my side kind of um and i had trent up here squeezing my hand and i had my doula having one leg and my um the doctor the um what's she called student doctor the other leg and my midwife down there and they were just like all right you've got to push so we just I pushed and pushed with all my might um still couldn't get him out that way so then she turned me on my back and said you know you you know they were just had again my legs up pushing 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 and Trent there and um yeah Trent was like he just was screaming at me, just like fucking push, you know, really? like coach mode, like kicked in, and he was yeah. just screaming like fucking push, come on! And I had wow. everybody, and I was trying so hard, um, and with every push, you know, it was just like they're like, he's just there, it's just there. How could they see? They could see yeah. that head, it was yeah. just there, but I just could not get that next bit out. Yeah. Um, and little did I know, I had a team of doctors outside waiting for me because Whoa. I was high risk. Wow. Um, so they said, just be mindful that if the, when the baby comes out, you're going to have a lot of people rush in here. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. yeah, so they prepped me. So they said, just be mindful. There's going to be a pediatric team um, and they are going to take your baby and they're going to put mm-hmm. him on oxygen. Um, and so they were saying all of this to me while I was trying to contract. Um, and then so the doctor came in, Indian doctor, and she said, we need to get this baby out now. Um, so right now. So I mm-hmm. think I'd been pushing for about 46 minutes and I just couldn't get him out. Um, when you get this baby out right now, 
Um, so you can try another contraction and see if you can get him out. And I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. She said, we're going to episiotomy you and we're going to use forceps right now. And I did not want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trent said, she's like, we need this baby out. This is the, otherwise it's going to be a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I thought, you know, I've done all this work without an epidural. Like I need to get this baby out. I really don't want an, um, a cesarean. Um, so Trent said, can you just episiotomy her? This is where he came in and yeah. just like... I feel like he saved the day and let her push without giving the forceps and yeah. let her just try for 10 minutes. And apparently I said, I spoke up and said, can you just give me 10 minutes or two pushes? I want to try without the forceps. How I even spoke, wow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, without any sleep, without any, yeah, any food, <laughs> any, any sleep, any drugs. I don't know how I did it, but I, I asked and she was like, okay, yes, I'll allow that. Oh, wow. Um, and again, yeah, just went back into the contraction, pushed, 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 and out come the head. And so I didn't have to use the forceps, which yep. I'm really grateful for. I really didn't want those. So did you have the episiotomy? Yep, so she gave me the okay. episiotomy. Did you feel? No, nah, I didn't feel it. So oh. she put um, little injections in oh, my vagina. Okay. Um, they were like little stingies, yeah. and that was fine. And then she yep. must have just cut me as I pushed. And the head came out, and then after that, it was fine. He just, mm. another contraction came, and I pushed again, and the shoulders kind of just went, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> they, like, yeah. flopped out. Yeah. And um, they pulled him out. Again, we didn't know what we were having, and they placed him straight on me. And I had the pediatrician right next to me and a team of doctors, like, everywhere. So there was probably about 15 people wow. in the room. Um, Did you notice it? I didn't really notice them, but I noticed the doctor right there. Trent yeah. was here. And... Um, and I was like, can't just breathe, just breathe, you know, scream. I wanted him to scream. So they were vigorously rubbing him and he just started screaming. So obviously I was like, thank God. Um, and apparently he peed everywhere all over me. But I was so exhausted that I was just like patting him. Like I didn't even register. Like I didn't cry. I didn't do anything. I was just like holy, wow. like in awe of what had just happened. And what was the team around you saying at that time did you um i don't really know but they yeah i think they were just like he's out you know um well they didn't say he but i remember trent saying oh my god it's a boy but then i didn't really (laughs) register so i looked down and saw this these big red balls (laughs) and a penis and i was like oh my god it's a boy and i was just like patting him like oh my god um and then they i just said i really want delayed cord clamping was really Mm -hmm. important yeah um so they waited till it to stop pulsating because he was crying. So that was okay. Um, I think they left him on me for maybe a minute or two. Um, and then they cut the cord. Um, I really wanted like a 45 minute delay cord clamping, but I wasn't able to have that because of him. Yeah. Um, and we actually had a mocha tie, which is a New Zealand, um, a tie that you can tie around the umbilical cord instead of a plastic clamp. Yeah. Um, so it's made with flax and a greenstone on the end of it. So we fiddled, Trent fiddled around wow, trying to tie that amazing. off. So it was really cool and they're really amazing because they don't smell and they allow mm. the umbilical cord to drop off way quicker than a clamp. Okay. And it's just really cool because I'm from New Zealand. So Aww. I really loved that. So we got to do that um, and then he got whisked away about two meters away from me onto this little bed where he just had the oxygen mask and that's where Trent was. Yeah. Um, and so I pretty much just laid there with my legs and stirrups, um, waiting for someone to stitch me up mm-hmm. and just was Megan quite good. She was there. She was right there with yeah. me. She also went over between me and Trent and making sure Trent was okay. 
um, and just yeah, the student doctor was still there and she was rubbing my hand. Um, Megan actually gave me a protein ball because I hadn't eaten, so I'm full of dates and things like that. So just some yeah. sugar, yeah, um, some sugar hit, and um, yeah, I just laid there and obviously was just like amazed at what had just happened. And then um, the doctor was explaining everything to Trent um, of what had to happen, and we had to take him up to the NICU. Um, Were you again, expecting that? No, no. I had no idea. Um, again, I still, in my mind, still thought normal baby will be in the hospital for two days, we'll be able to go home. Um, I didn't realize that he was going to have to go to the NICU, but he had fluid on his lungs. Um, what from? I just couldn't get it out. So when they okay. come out and they take their first breath, that's when the fluid all kind of comes out. But I think his lungs were a bit sticky because he was a bit preemie. Yeah. So they um, just kept him on oxygen trying to clear it, but it just wouldn't clear. Mm. Um, so they wanted to um, take him up to the NICU. And so, yeah, he went away with Trent. And um, there's a beautiful photo of the doctor with his hands on Trent's back. And just like, it's just my favorite photo. Wow. Cause it was just Who took these photos? Megan. Oh, How she took them, I don't know. Oh I don't my know God. Really what was happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that happened and that was great. And then I, I had my legs in stirrups and they stitched me up and, um, what else? Yeah, that was, yeah. So Megan, that ended up happening. They cleaned me all up. Mm-hmm. They ended up giving me, um, or I actually laid down once, kept laying down because obviously I was on the bed, had to have that to give birth. Mm-hmm. Megan came in with a beautiful stew that she'd cooked wow. and spoon fed me this Aww. stew. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like the best thing I had ever eaten in my life. Wow. And people always ask me, you know, what's the first thing you eat when yeah. you've had your baby? And a lot of people were like getting McDonald's and things like that. It just wasn't even in my mind. Like I didn't even care, but it was this beautiful nourishing. Did she make it? She made it. Bone wow. brothy rice Aww. stew and it was the How best How did she thing. have time to make it when you... Pre- she pre-made it, okay. brought it in and then reheated it for nice. me. Yeah. Um, And it was the best thing I could have ever eaten because it was wow. so warm and nourishing. Um, and then I got up to have a shower, which was the best feeling in the world. Everyone says that the first shower after birth is just like amazing. Yeah. But I was quite shaky because I hadn't really eaten much. Yeah. So I was just having a shower and washing. And then um, I got put in a wheelchair and then I got wheeled up to the NICU. Oh, did you get um, stitched up? Yeah, because I got stitched up before yeah. that. Yeah. Um, was that okay? Or? That was fine, yeah. They just gave me a, a little bit of an injection or pain okay. relief, stitched me up. Yeah. Um, then I got to eat, then I had the shower, then I got put in the wheelchair, and then I got wheeled up to the NICU, mm-hmm. um, which was something else and was something that I was never expecting my baby to be in mm-hmm. and was really confronting. And obviously they're in this tiny little bed with tubes and things hooked up wow. and drips and just something you don't ever prepare for and I imagined that I'd just be able to take my baby home um obviously I couldn't so um he was yeah on a drip um and he was fed glucose to keep his sugars up and things like that and basically I just kicked in I had to get colostrum and I had to express and um luckily I was allowed to stay in the maternity ward for two nights mm-hmm. um and just walk between the both. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, really, really tough and something that I never expected to experience. But every, you know, when you go into the NICU, every time before you go in, there's big doors and you've got to push the buzzer and you've got to wash your hands up to your elbows and take all your jewelry off and you're not allowed any food um, in there. It's very clinical. Um, and there was just so many babies in there and it was really eye-opening. Yeah. Luckily, my baby was very healthy compared to all the other ones. Um, so he was on a thing called a CPAP machine, which just helps pump 
oxygen and get their lungs working properly mm-hmm. because his lungs were very short. Like he was just pumped, like breathing really shallow. Okay. Um, so he wasn't diaphragmatic breathing. So we were just trying to get that um, working. And he was in there for, I think, three or four days. Four days, maybe? Five days. Five so days. did you have to go home and leave him? Yeah. So I was in the hospital for two days. Um, and then I asked if I could just um, stay there another time. They had no rooms. So I had to go home and leave my baby at the NICU, um, which was really tough. But they were really they said I don't they don't want you staying there because you need to go get rest because I need to pump Mm. and the main priority was me getting my milk through and if I'd stayed there I would have been sleeping on a chair um and the nurses were beyond incredible they are so dedicated to their job that it made you feel somewhat okay and safe but we left there at like 10 at night and we'd be back there at 8 in the morning wow. um, or go home, have a shower, eat some food. Yeah. And again, I had no prepped food because of the week I went to have my baby. I was wow. prepping all my food. Wow. So I had nothing prepared. Oh. Um, but luckily, the support that we got from everybody, people made us food. Really? Oh, just like oh. we had soups and broths and... Um, like mince made and lasagnas and just everything Amazing. people just pulled through and really helped because I had no support here because my family's in New Zealand. Trent's family was in New South Wales. COVID was there. It was just crazy. Wow. So we had a really good team that just supported us. So luckily we got food delivered and um, and things like that, which was just so helpful. And then, yeah, I kicked in and I was like, I need to start expressing. So colostrum was coming through and we were feeding him through a tube and he got dismissed from there at four days or five days and then he got moved into the special care um which is just the next ward over okay um and then they move from the CPAP the big humidity crib and they move into like a little baskety kind of tray thing um, and then he got jaundice, so then he was under the blue lights. And then I was trying to learn to breastfeed, holding him with this big blue light thing under him. So it was really hard. Wow. Um, but you have, you know, nurses coming in every three hours to check on you and help you and help you learn to feed. And That's amazing. It was really support. actually quite helpful. Yeah. Um, but it was also really hard because the different conflicting nurses were saying, you're not producing enough milk, you need to formula feed. Um, and you need, to, and then one nurse was saying, you do not need to formula feed. You need to keep pumping. Like everything's wow. working well. Um, it was quite hard. It was a really hard time. Um, but then one nurse was like, let's just put him on the boob. Let's just get him on that boob. Um, and as soon as he was on the boob, my milk came through. What? So it was. <laughs> I didn't have to give him any formula. Thank God. Wow. Um, but just persevered. Yeah. Um, and so we were in there for another three days, and we got dismissed on his seventh day, and then we got to go home. And it was, yeah, it was a whirlwind of everything that I didn't want and I hadn't planned for happened. Mm. Um, But reflecting, it was, I was so grateful I got to birth naturally. Um, I didn't have any drugs. Um, I got an episiotomy, which in the end is fine. Um, But for someone that had a placenta abruption, it is the most incredible outcome. I am so grateful. Um, and I'm unlucky he's even alive to be honest because it is very very um, dangerous mm. and yeah what can happen is if the placenta comes away completely they mm. lose oxygen and they can either die or be severely brain damaged wow. so wow yeah, oh, really um, really yeah. severe and really scary and I didn't know any of this and I it's a funny story because about two weeks ago 
um, I only learned how incredibly dangerous it is. Only two weeks two, ago. Only two oh, weeks geez. ago. He's nearly five months. Wow. Um, and I just didn't even think to research it. I didn't even think to look into it after I had him. How did that make you feel? Were you quite like shocked, emotional and shocked yeah. and just grateful? Like he's a miracle that he's even alive because um, the fact that I didn't even cesarean me, I don't know why, but I'm just so grateful. Um, but I didn't realize, and apparently a couple of friends where I'm from know someone that had a placenta abruption when they were actually birthing. Yeah. Um, coming out and their their baby's brain damaged and I had no idea about oh, this. Whoa. And I know. And even um on Netflix there's a show called Virgin River. I'm watching it at the moment. Yeah. But it's just a chick flick. Yeah. And um I didn't realise and she had a baby and lost her baby and he ended up saying it was not your fault, you know, it was a placenta abruption. And I was like, What? So I paused it and I was like, Oh, oh my god, what the hell? Um, and then I started doing some research. So yeah, it is just from um, watching that show. Watching that show, it made me do some research and realize that well, he is really a miracle that he is even wow. healthy. Wow. Um. So my story about the Niku actually, in in retrospect, is not even that bad because mm. um he was healthy. He just got jaundice after it and had to just clear his fluid on his lungs, and now he's thriving. Amazing. Wow. So it's a bit of a big birth story. What a story. I know. That's incredible. So, I, yeah, I, I guess the point of my birth is you can't, and everybody says, like, you, you go in with the best intentions, and mm. I did a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, and I tried really hard to do a natural birth, but it just didn't work. It didn't happen for me. I had no choice in this aspect. Mm. Um and how I got to birth was amazing as well. So even if I had a cesarean, I'm sure I'd be feeling very grateful because um, it just didn't go to how I envisioned it to work. Mm. So maybe if I have baby number two ever again, um, I might be able to experience natural labor. And I'd love to experience going into labor naturally just to see the difference yeah. of the pain threshold yeah. um, or the contractions um, or what it would be, what it would feel like. Just to be able to birth, um, labor at home even. Mm-hmm. Um, but the team, um, I'm obviously I'm not a hospital person and it was incredible. I really couldn't have asked for a better support team. Um, so yeah, if it happens to anybody else, it is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nurses in the NICU ward and things like that are phenomenal. Wow. So it's very yeah, lucky. Just very lucky and... Um, it just met yeah me and Trent we obviously we, we talk about it all the time and we we're not medical based people we're very natural and we just are really like grateful that the Gold Coast has a support team like that for little babies because um, yeah it, they were really great amazing and yeah so Trent was actually really upset for about two weeks not upset but um, he cried a lot because he was just so in awe of what had just happened. Wow. And how amazing women are and how he was just like, what the hell have I just witnessed? And now this little baby and the nurses. And he actually wrote down um, in a book the whole entire experience so he could reflect on it. Yeah. So he was really mind-blowing and really quite sensitive for about two weeks after because he had just seen what had happened. Um, And then obviously he had to go with the baby to the NICU and he saw all of that where I didn't see any of that. Sometimes it's more traumatizing in a way for the people outside because like they see everything you're so internal you're focused on in the side but like because I've listened to podcasts and stuff about um that you know birth trauma and all that and actually secondary birth trauma is very common because all like the doula the nurses the partner experience 
watching everything and then um they yeah it's a bit hard to process with yeah so, so he he wrote that's it all great down that and, he yeah. yeah wrote a book he yeah. did and we, we talk about it all the time and yeah he just thinks like he's just yeah like oh amazing and and the, again like he's we're not medical based people so he yeah. just loved the team and, and the pediatrician who dealt with us and um and yeah so it, it just yeah any it, it ended up being really well and the episiotomy was actually not that bad the recovery but sore mm. um but nothing that I couldn't handle. Um, the afterbirth is something that I guess people don't really talk about, which I found quite gross. Um, having to wear nappies and pads and the, the discharge that you get, I didn't realize how much blood and things like that actually were. Mm. Um, I found it quite yuck, but I, um, I was obviously in the hospital, so I was having to go in and out of the special care ward to have to go and change it. It wasn't like I was at home where I could just change it the time. It was yeah. really a difficult time to try and stay hygienic mm-hmm. um, and shower and not my shower and things like that. So that was quite tough. Um, but my recommendation to get adult nappies and get maternity pads <laughs> and wear those adult nappies with maternity pads um, or period undies. They were like my saviors. So I think it's different for everyone because I didn't really use any, like maybe a couple, but yeah. other than that, I had it for four, four to five weeks. Wow. It wasn't heavy. For the first two weeks, it was quite heavy, but after yeah. I was just using panty liners and things like that. But yeah. I was kind of like, when's it going to finish? Like, when's it going to stop? Yeah. Um, but it just stopped. But it yeah. was um, something that I, I wasn't prepared for. I didn't realize that that was how much came out for me. So, yeah, yeah. it was quite um, quite interesting. So, adult nappies, yes. maternity pads, <laughs> period <laughs> undies, life-saving. Awesome. And I saw that you went to a woman's physio as well mm-hmm. um, afterwards. Yeah. So after? So six weeks after, yeah. I went to the wellness boutique, um, pretty strict on pelvic floor and making sure that before I did anything, um, I mean, I would walk, but before I did any activity, I would make sure my pelvic floor is strong. Um, and I worked with her till about 14 weeks. Mm. Um, and she knew or, what kind of birth you yep, had. Yeah, she knew what sort of birth I had. She yeah. did... Um, Heaps of internal work to make sure that I was strong um, and my pelvic floor was working correctly because um, prolapse is so prominent to women, mm. not only just straight away, but after. It can be years down the track. So I was really strict on making sure that I really healed my pelvic floor before yeah. I went and trained and did anything. And I just followed her guidance and um, it would be something. What was her name? Danny. Danny from the Wellness Boutique. Okay. Nice. Um, so I saw her and did. Pilates, um, and then obviously I'm a personal trainer and my partner's an exercise physiologist, so we just started really slightly in um, back lightweight training, walking, yes, um, and things like that. But I wasn't, and I would exercise when I had the energy, and I wouldn't when I didn't. Mm. And I'm still the same now, I will train if I have the energy. And yeah, I'm four and a half months postpartum, and I'm pretty much back to doing most of my wow, normal exercise, um, but. It's all changed. I just do it yeah. to move. I do it to get some move my body cells, and I walk or I'll I'll train um, if I have the energy. Mm, good on you. That's it. I don't believe in training because I need to. I don't need to train. I yeah. just need to move my body and um, keep fit and active, and that's really and strong, and that's really all I do it for. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to know what you think. Um, is lacking in postpartum period maybe something you've experienced or something you've seen you've had friends um gone through lactation consultants oh. um so 
not for me personally. Yeah. I was quite. Um, I had a lactation consultant already pre-booked. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, and that was really important to me to make sure my breastfeeding journey um, was good. And um, so I believe I, I know a lot of people don't know what a lactation consultant is. All they're called LCs. Um, and my recommendation to any mum is get a support team of a lactation consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't feel that they're right, try again and get another one. Um, mm-hmm. If you feel like something isn't working, question it because there could be another practitioner out there that might help you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've realized that a lot of people don't get lactation consultants and their breastfeeding journey is really, really, really tough. So that would probably be something that I would suggest for women. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of women want to get back into training and losing weight. And I totally understand because it is really hard after about a month. And lastly, any advice for new mums or uh, mummers out there? Um, go easy on yourself. Like every day is a different day. So what your baby might have done yesterday, they might not do again the next day. Um, make sure that you and your partner, your partner really supports you. Um, Trent, like from my experience, really stepped up. He helped me um, the first two, three weeks. He would get mm. up with me and help me. Um, my breastfeeding journey was a little bit different because he was preemie, so I had to do a bit of extra feeding. Um, so just working as a team because you created the baby together and it's really important for the mum to feel supported and just have that extra help. Yeah. Um, placenta encapsulation, I really believe that it helps so much with repair, um, energy, making you feel stable, um, and things like that. And sleep when the baby sleeps. That is my top tip oh. because your washing can wait. Yeah. Just sleep, like get as many Z's in as you can when they sleep. Um... And get out into some fresh air and feed your body good food. Beautiful. Oh, and one more tip. Yes. <laughs> um, if you do want to breastfeed, just persevere. It yeah. will get better. It, I promise. Wow. It will get better. Um, and if you feel like something isn't right, question it. Mm. Go with your intuition. <laughs> always go with your intuition. It was my biggest learning curve, I think. Um, in regards to his tongue tie, I just knew something wasn't right, yeah. and I stuck with it. And um, in the end, it, the outcome has been phenomenal. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your inspiring story. I can't believe that now you're a mum and you've got a little bubba. That's so cool. And yeah, mm. all the best for the next few years because apparently it gets. Harder in a way. <laughs> it is. Thank you. And sorry, my story was so long. Um, but yeah, I just wanted people to um, to know that if things don't go right and they do get medically based, if you are natural, it is okay because um, yeah, I feel like my story in my birth was quite like different to whatever I imagined. I hadn't even heard of a placenta abruption before, mm-hmm. um, and it can be okay. So yeah, I hope that it, it helps some mama out there. Absolutely. Mm. Well, thanks, Free. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you.